All right, guys, we're back for the third and final part of the Double Trouble Breakdown number nine on Dan the Hangman Hooker. And on the final part, we're going to be covering his last fight, which took place on October 5th, 2019 at UFC 243 in the co-main event. This was the highest ranked opponent that Dan Hooker's ever faced. Ally Quintus fought the who's who of mixed martial arts, Jorge Masvidal, Cowboy Cerrone, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Kevin the Motown Phenom Lee, and Dan Hooker, it was put up or shut up. He was ranked 15 at the time. Ally Quinta was ranked number 6, and let's get into this final fight to break down. Right out of the gate in the first round, Hooker's faking the jab, faking and fainting, just 100%. I, every fight we've covered, the first thing he does is come out and fake and faint and, and get you to throw shots that you're not supposed to throw so he can read your patterns and how you def your defensive patterns. A fake and a feint is going to draw out an attack from you or it's going to get you to flinch. Those are just done to get you to flinch so they can see what way do you move your head. Do you swipe your hand down to cover your to cover the shot? Do you roll towards your right? Do you roll towards your left? Do you pull out of range? And then they can fake and come in with a shot to counter your defense. Again, a lot of fakes and feints from Hooker and an in, and an outside cut kick. Fake the jab, low kick, and it landed right on the calf. Whoom, bop. Ally Quinta fakes a takedown and then comes up with a left hook to an overhand right. He did this against Kevin Lee where he faked a takedown, came up with a shot, faked it, and landed an elbow. He did it here against Dan Hooker. Fake a takedown, come up with a left hook to a right hand, and Dan Hooker saw it, and he just evaded both shots. Slipped one way, slipped the other, pulled back, got out of range. Hooker keeps sticking the jab out there and faking it too. He didn't always land it, and that's the thing. A lot of people think that every punch you throw, it has to be done with a lot of power, and it has to land every time. You could throw a shot out there to just creep yourself into range in order to land the shot you really want to land. And that's kind of what Hooker was doing here. Just keep sticking that jab out there. Just bop, 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 and keeping him away. You can keep the opponent on the edge of the jab. You can keep them at range. They can't come in and counter you. Fake the jab again. Boom, a cut kick right to the calf. Jab, cut kick. Just ripping that calf apart. And then he switches it up. He goes a slap lead hook to a cross, but the cross doesn't land. Again, I said he did this in another fight. You slap with the lead hook, throw the cross, it didn't land, but you know, it's just setting up. It's directing you towards the power. It's moving you into the place you don't want to go. He uh hooker fakes in and out. Hooks, fake, boom. Boom, boom. Fake, boom, boom. And uh, a lot of the times like I said, he'll fake to go in, then he'll move out of range, and then he'll come back in. So he'll fake, you'll throw a shot, he'll move out, he'll come back in and counter your counter. And he did this a lot in uh, all the fights we broke down, I think we covered it. Um, he just does a lot of these things that some people don't do, but, you know, it's just, it's not, he doesn't do flashy stuff. You know, he lands elbows every once in a while, but it's not, it's basics, it's his bread and butter. Basics are the most important thing in fighting. If you have a good jab, a good cross, a good hook, a good shot to the body, a good low kick and good wrestling, you can get so far with just that stuff and changing up the timing with fakes and feints, and that's what Dan Hooker does. Ally Quintus switched to southpaw briefly, and uh, Dan Hooker attacked with an inside calf kick on that leg. So the damage was already being done on that lead leg of Ally Quinta. He was attacking it with that calf kick, just boom. Boom, to the outside of the leg constantly. 
then Hooker, then uh, Ally Quinte had to switch to Southpaw because his lead leg was taking so much damage. Hooker saw that he switched stance and just threw that calf kick and it landed on the inside of the leg. So he's attacking both legs and he knew that he switched stance, so he switched up the directory and the trajectory of the kick. He does a cut kick one more time and it drops Iaquinta. So you know right out of the gate that these calf kicks are doing a lot of damage. They're cutting into the calf. They're dropping Iaquinta now and it's just a matter of time. Al catches an inside calf kick that uh, Hooker tries to throw as he's in southpaw. He gets under the knee and lifts it to a single leg takedown. Like, uh, who did that? I believe Jim Miller did that. He lifted under the knee, pushed him up against the fence, tried to take him down. Um, he tries to get the single leg, but Dan Hooker grabs the right, like your butt cheek and your thigh. He grabs the outside of that part of your leg and uh, holds on and goes underneath and grabs like a, a like a double lock on it. So he grabs the thigh and the and the and the the side of the butt cheek. I know it sounds weird, but that's what he did to prevent Al from being able to elevate him. So when you take when he gets tried to get taken down, he grabbed the outside of the leg. So that it would be harder for Ally Quinta to push and direct him in the direction he wanted to go, so he could hold him in that specific direction. Ale tries to elevate him off the ground because he knows he's trying to grab um, his leg to push off an angle. So he tries to lift him up and elevate it when he gets on both knees. But Hooker gains control of the right foot and lands vicious elbows to the side of the head of I Quinta. So grabbing the foot. It was very smart, and it shows his fight IQ. When you grab the foot of somebody who tries to take you down, and it's the power side, okay? He grabs the power side. It's not going to allow the opponent to push off the ground, drive into you, and then take you down. So grabbing that foot, it's going to keep them in the position they're currently in, and they have to worry about breaking that foot away before they can get up or turn you and angle you in order to get the takedown. So he grabs that that leg or that ankle to keep uh, Iaquinta in place and then just lands vicious elbows with the free arm. Just boom, right to the side of the head. About 10, 12 elbows. Just boom, 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 over and over again to the side of the head. And he's still controlling the leg. You know, you would think that a lot of guys would control the leg for a second. And then once the elbow started to land, they might, uh, you know, abandon ship and uh, not let, and, uh, let go of the leg. But it didn't happen here. Um, Hooker kept control of the leg while he was elbowing so that Iaquinta wouldn't be able to, once he let go, you know, turn, transition, and take him down. He gains top position from it, actually, because he was able to push into Iaquinta after hurting him with the elbows, and he grabs the guillotine, the palm-to-palm -palm guillotine, and instead of going to his back and trying to lock up a guard, he goes into the mount. And uh, he gets the guillotine for a second, lets it go, takes full mount, and uh, tries to land some shots. It doesn't really work out for him. Iaquinta ends up turning over and uh, giving Hooker his back. And, you know, Israel Adesanya says it. Kaikar France says it. You do not want Dan Hooker on your back. If Dan Hooker's on your back, it's a bad night for you. Um, so he gets his back and gets his hooks in. Dan Hooker gets the hooks in, you know. <laughs> he gets the right hook in on the one side. And controls the left wrist of Ally Quinta and then slides the tries to slide the right arm under the neck. So he's got the one hook and eventually he's gonna transition to get the other hook. He gets the right arm under the chin, but Ally Quinta ducks down, pulls the lay, uh, gets two on one on the one arm, 
pulls it over his head and defends. Hooker then transitions to the body lock once he got both hooks in, which is going to put more pressure on the abdomen of Ally Quinta, and it's going to be harder to break. Ally Quinta knew this, so however, um, so Hooker controlled the top left hand of, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I, okay, so Ally Quinta controlled the top hand of Dan Hooker, which was his left hand, and moved to the left towards the body triangle. In order to break a body triangle, you want to move towards the the where both feet are locked up. Where your one foot is uh, underneath your knee, you want to move towards that side so that it puts pressure on the ankle and the foot of the opponent and they break the position. Ally Quinta does this, um, moves towards the body triangle, breaks it, and goes two-on-one with the choke hand, and then Iaquinta is able to turn in and get back up to his feet. And immediately as he gets back up to his feet, what's Stan Hooker going to go to? Come on, I'll wait for it. Jab, cut, kick again. Boom, boom, keeping you at range. Jab, cut, kick right to the calf. Then he fakes and goes a low calf kick again, and it drops Iaquinta. Iaquinta is just taking so much damage with these calf kicks. It's taking so much out of him, and it's being—it's making it hard for him to land the power shots. But Iaquinta does end up changing up his position, and uh, you'll see what happens as we move forward. So Hooker throws a long left hook, cuts the angle with it, and then gets outside of the right hand of Iaquinta and lands the calf kick. So he throws a long left hook. Iaquinta tries to counter with the right hand. Hooker slips to the outside and boom, throws that calf kick. So hook to get the angle, slip, low kick. Hook angle, gets out to the side. Opponent throws the shot, you slip, throw the low calf kick. Okay, now we're going to move into the second round of the fight. Starts off. Hooker's firing jabs right out of the gate immediately. Four, five, six, seven jabs right at the beginning of the second round. Just bop, 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 bop. Iaquinta goes to grab a single leg and then comes back up with a left hook, but Hooker evades it. I, I broke this down in the Mark Casey fight, I believe. A lot of people will fake a takedown and then come up with a shot because they know you're going to lower your level or drop your hands to stop the takedown and get your hips back. So your chin's open. They're going to fake the takedown, come up, and land shots up top. Iaquinta goes to do this, and he tries to counter with come back up top with a left hook, but Hooker just moves out of the way, evades it. It's kind of just like, whoo, he's pulling it back, like a, like you know, like a wind gust goes by, just and he's pulling his arm back, pulling his head back. Then Al fires a huge right hand off of a misfired calf kick. So Hooker slipped out of the way of the punch of Iaquinta and tried to throw a calf kick, but they were in too close of range, and Al Iaquinta fires a huge right hand, cracks um, Dan Hooker on the jaw. I'm surprised, or no, you know what? Actually, I said that wrong. He fires a huge right hand, but Hooker just slips out of the way. But you could see that it was just all the power, just whoa, whipping into it, and Hooker just boop, just keeps his one hand up, pulls back, slides out of the way. If it would have landed, it could have probably would have probably knocked him out. A management of distance and timing and range is the best asset of Dan Hooker. Um, then Hooker immediately after the, you know, as the fight keeps moving on and he's just sticking to that jab, popping, then he goes a jab to a lead hook to a right calf kick. He did this combination a little bit earlier. Jab, you're going to throw the left hook, the lead hook to move him towards your right. Boom, right calf kick. Jab, hook, low kick. 
Iaquinta was in a southpaw stance for a long period of time um, during this second round. You know, he he knew that the outside kick from Dan Hooker was going to be a problem. It was going to be a big problem for him if he kept getting hit and it would just keep dropping him. So he had to switch to southpaw. Here's what makes here's why how we know Dan Hooker's so smart. Iaquinta was in the southpaw stance. The second he moved his right leg back to go back to an orthodox stance, Hooker blasted that leg with the calf kick. Just right on the calf. Boom. And it dropped him again. He was taking so much damage. The low kicks were the story of this fight. The jab and the low kick, the story of the fight for Dan Hooker versus Ally Quinte, UFC 243. <coughs> Excuse me. Al had more success closing the distance with Hooker in this second round because he knew that he could switch stance and by switching stance and moving into range, he could land big. He could close the distance quicker and his power could move from the right to the left hand because his left leg was so heavily damaged. He would use a double jab in a, in a Southpaw stance. So he'd go double jab, throw the left hand, step into an orthodox stance, and then fire the right hand. This was not putting as much pressure on the damaged left leg of Iaquinta, and it was allowing him to close range with the opposite foot and then just switch briefly into an, into an orthodox to land his right hand. And uh, one person who does this a lot, which we broke down on the podcast before, is Dustin the Diamond Poirier. He likes to throw like a double jab, step into range with a cross, and then come over with that power hand as he switches stance. Iaquinta ended up catching a low kick of Dan Hooker and tried to shoot a single leg takedown. However, Hooker was able to frame off the face with the right arm, with the right hand, and got the angle, and then wrapped around the right leg with his left arm. So he's framing on the head and he's wrapping around the opposite leg to control, you know, the entire body of Ally Quinta. He's framing on the head with the right arm and Iaquinta maintained control of the leg, even with, um, I, with Hooker trying to control his, uh, control Iaquinta's leg and push off on the head, but he maintained control and then ended up switching it into a double leg and sitting through with his head like almost underneath the legs of Dan Hooker. So he tried to sit through. I believe uh, Daniel Cormier called it, did he call it an Iranian sit-out or something, a different type of sit-out that they use in uh, wrestling. Um, so he maintained control of the right legs, then switched to a double leg against the fence. But Hooker was able to spread his base and lock the hands and then feed his hips forward to fight the takedown. So you can fight a takedown. You can fight force with force. In this position, that's exactly what Hooker did. He knew that if he allowed Iaquinta to push forward and take him down, that it that he would eventually get the takedown. But by pushing forward and moving towards Iaquinta as Iaquinta tried to move towards you, you stopped it and you fought force with force and you gained top position from it and actually got into the mount. These guys from City Kickboxing have such good takedown defense. It's really remarkable how easily they're able to stop takedowns against really high-level wrestlers, too. Hooker threw the right hand, briefly switched to southpaw, and landed the left. He did this against James Vick. He'll throw the right just out there, step forward, then throw the left. Um, Iaquinta did this, too, but um, Hooker did it a little bit more effectively. Iaquinta threw the power left hand, and threw the power left hand from a southpaw stance and Hooker slipped to the inside and countered with his own right uh, with his own right hand. 
So uh, Iaquinta threw the power left. Hooker just slipped to the inside, countered with the right hand, and dropped Iaquinta at the end of the second round. If there were about five, ten more seconds in the round, um, he would have finished him there for sure. In the third round, Iaquinta comes out in southpaw again and uh, is trying to maintain or trying to cover the distance and close it immediately um, and do that, but it wasn't working out because Hooker was just maintaining his range with that jab Cut kick, kick to the body, inside low kick. Everything was just working to keep him away. Hooker pokes and prods you to the point where he figures you out and then finishes you. He breaks you down. He doesn't go guns blazing trying to kill you. He just picks you apart like a sniper. All right, bop, 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 and then he goes for the kill shot. Hooker is jabbing and then pawing the lead right hand of Iaquinta to measure the distance. We talked about this before. He'll jab and then he'll slap the hand, or he'll just touch your lead hand. This is a way that he knows he's in range, and he can land the shots he wants to land. And that was just merely the story of the third round was the jabbing and touching the lead hand and then throwing the calf kick. Iaquinta tries to move in with a power left hand, and Hooker actually countered it with a lead elbow because he knew what Iaquinta was going to do. He was just going to try to close the distance in that southpaw stance and fire a bomb of a left hand. And uh, Hooker just moved in, boom, landed a lead elbow after controlling the lead hand. So he grabbed control of the lead hand, jabbed, pawed it, knew he was in a range. He saw that Iaquinta was going to step forward, boom, he caught him right on the chin with the lead elbow. Um, and then uh, for the rest of the round, he just maintained distance with the jab. Just jabs, crosses to the body. Jab, jab, move away. And at the end of the round, he threw like five, six, seven, eight, nine jabs in a row and just moved away and uh, ended up getting the unanimous decision victory. And up next, he's got Paul Felder, obviously, at UFC Fight Night in Auckland, New Zealand on February 23rd. I can't wait. That's going to be a great fight. But yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed that breakdown on Dan the Hangman Hooker. I know it was a long episode, three parts. Um, but I got to go in detail with this stuff. I feel like the people who break down these fighters... Obviously, there's guys like Brendan Dorman and stuff. He does it extremely well. I would love to get it on YouTube and use um, and use clips and stuff like that, but I'm not able to do that. I feel like I'd get copyrighted right away, so this is the easiest way to do it. And I figured I want to give you, obviously, they're long episodes. Some people might say it's boring. I get it. But if you really want to learn styles of fighters and the little small details that they do to uh, to break these guys down... A lot of people gloss over it in their breakdowns and stuff, but it's those small, tiny, minute details that really make the difference. And I hope I cover them on here for you. If you know Dan the Hangman Hooker or anybody else that trains with him out of city kickboxing, definitely get this to him. I would love for you guys to do it. Um, support the podcast if you'd like. We do have uh, subscriptions. You can donate monthly or you could just donate if you want to whenever you feel like it. I'm not asking for donations, but if you'd like to do it, it would be greatly appreciated. Again, this podcast is available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, and anywhere else your audio podcast can be found. Some of them are on YouTube. I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep them on YouTube um, just because with all this new guidelines and stuff, I don't want to end up getting my channel shut down for something that I didn't do. So we'll see how that goes. If, if we're able to keep them up and keep uploading and not have any trouble, we'll definitely keep them on YouTube. But tell everybody you want about the Touch Em Up podcast, your boyfriends, girlfriends, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, cousins. Um, if you know any MMA fighters or fans of MMA, get this podcast out to them. If you know fans of professional wrestling, 
get it out to them because we cover pro wrestling on this podcast as well. And speaking of pro wrestling, my next episode will be out on Friday. I will be fantasy booking entrance one through 30 in the men's 2020 Royal Rumble match and uh, go through who I think should eliminate who, how I would book it. Um, It's obviously not going to be exactly how it gets booked, but it's just how I would book it. I did it for King of the Ring and I did it for a few other things. So yeah, we're definitely going to have that out for you on Friday. So if you're a pro wrestling fan, look out for that. And yeah, guys, this has been Double Trouble Breakdown number nine, part three, The Hangman's Tale on the breakdown of Dan the Hangman Hooker. I'm your host, Double M, and I'm out. Have a good night, everybody, all right?